A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. There are many people in Wisconsin that are probably familiar with the AgriAbility program. Either it's touched your life, your family, you've uh, been supportive of efforts, or you know nothing about it and you really should. Joining us today is Paul Jones. He is the National AgriAbility Project Manager. He's in the Purdue University system and works with a lot of uh, farm safety specialists, stress specialists across the state on national agri-ability projects. And we've got one, uh, that actually a series that's coming up. It's going to be held on Thursdays beginning at the end of June through to the fall months. Paul, first of all, let's talk a little bit about your role with agri-ability, how long you've been a part of this uh, project, and the fact that agri-ability, although we've got our own Wisconsin board, really it is a natural national coalition of people that are working on farm safety-related issues for our operators, our farm families, our rural communities, and that covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? It certainly does, yes. Uh, we've got agribility projects funded by USDA in 21 states right now, uh, and in addition to that, there's one national agribility project you mentioned, uh, and we're out of Purdue University in uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. But all the projects around the country uh, do various things, including uh, farm visits to uh, agricultural producers that might have some type of impairment or injury. Uh, we do educational ef- outreach efforts, such as the webinar series that we're talking about today, a lot of other public awareness events. I personally have been involved with the project for about 23 years now. I started back in the the late 90s at Purdue, and I've worked on a variety of agricultural safety efforts, but this is the one that I focused on most, the one that that deals with uh, people that have some kind of a disability or functional limitation. You know, and as we see the population of agriculture aging, these kinds of programs become even more and more critical. Tell me about some of the changes you may have noticed in your career with AgriAbility, Paul, the audience you serve, uh, maybe the volume of people that are looking for these resources. Sure. Yeah. As you mentioned, the, the average age of farmers is increasing. I think right now it's on a national level, it's over 58 years old. So just with that factor alone, you've got things like reduced mobility, problems with vision, problems with hearing, that type of thing. Uh, We've seen a a great increase in the last few years of of veterans coming back uh, from conflicts and trying to find a a place for themselves in civilian society. And so they're looking to agriculture in greater numbers. And we've worked with uh, organizations like the Farmer Veteran Coalition to help those uh, types of producers either get started in agriculture or transition back to, you know, a rural setting or a farm setting from being in the military. Some some other things we've seen change, uh, greater diversity in, in terms of the, the populations we work with. We've got more African-American farmers we're working with. We've done significant outreach lately to Native American populations. And then in terms of the, the types of issues, in the beginning, when I started, everything 
pretty much focused on physical disabilities. It was, you know, this person needs a lift because they've got a spinal cord injury or they've got an amputation, so they need this tool or whatever. But, uh, you know, some of the behavioral mental health issues have kind of come more to the forefront forefront in the past few years. Uh, there's uh, increased initiatives at the federal level, like the Farm Stress Assistance Network that USDA sponsors, and we're part of that also in terms of providing outreach to, to help people deal with stress issues, because that's a, a big issue and seems to be an increasing one with some of the you know economic factors. I know that the dairy industry has really struggled uh, with a lot of issues lately, so we basically try to deal with anybody that's in any type of agricultural enterprise that has any kind of impairment. It could be physical impairment, it could be, uh, you know, emotional, behavioral health issues too. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you, Paul, since you dipped your toe in the water 20 some years ago, what's changed about available resources to address these kinds of issues? And part of that, part of the reason I bring that up is what we recognized during the pandemic. It wasn't just about farm families, of course. It was about a lot of people that could not handle the isolation, uh, overwhelmed uh, by being alone. Uh, distance from family, friends, etc. Now, agriculture, to a large extent, kept the pace going because we had to. We had livestock. We had things we had to do. But I'm wondering, now that we've all lived through that, are you seeing more resources like what AgriAbility offers made available to families? Or is it still very much uh, a channel that AgriAbility dominates? There are certainly a lot of organizations providing help to farmers in, in various ways around the country. Um, Groups like uh, AgriSafe uh, does a lot of farms uh, training um, in terms of safety issues, and, you know, they've done a lot in terms of stress and behavioral health. Like I mentioned, the Farm and Stress uh, Assistance Networks, there's four regional centers around the country that provide uh, information and resources and hotlines and that type of thing. So, yeah, there are more resources, I would say. I'm not sure that there's any organizations that specifically focus kind of solely on disability like we do. Um, there, there are plenty of them also that deal with, you know, farm stress issues. And then, again, like I mentioned, there's uh, veteran-related programs like Farmer Veteran Coalition. So I would say I think the pandemic has opened up some opportunities. I think people, for example, are more comfortable using remote means to get assistance. We relied pretty heavily on in-person contact um, before the the pandemic, at least to a greater degree. Um, So I I would say it's it's kind of a mixed bag. There's, there's pros and cons to what we've, we've gotten through the pandemic, but, um, yeah. In general, I think there's there's a, probably a greater level of support. I think things like uh, telemedicine have uh, maybe increased uh, fairly significantly because of the pandemic. Uh, telehealth, people being able to get some services that way, either because of physical or um, you know behavioral health, emotional issues, and even things like remote monitoring of conditions like you know, diabetes or heart problems can be done remotely now, I think, to a, 
to a greater degree than before. Right. Yeah. If you're just joining us, this is Paul Jones. He's with the National Agri-Ability Project. He's down at Purdue University. And the reason I wanted to talk to Paul is because there are some very interesting uh, educational webinars that are coming up beginning at the end of June and continuing through the end of October. They're having them on uh, certain Thursdays for everyone, regardless of your background, regardless of your involvement in agriculture. You can tap into these. And some of these phrases or titles, I should say, Paul, really caught my attention. And they focus in on different elements of keeping the farm family healthy, uh, working forward, uh, just a lot of different things about how you can manage through certain circumstances. Talk to us a little bit more about these seminars and how you arrived at these particular webinar topics. So this this list of topics was kind of a greatest hits, I guess you could say, from our recent uh, event, our, our AgriBility National Training Workshop that we held in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, back in March. And a little bit of the history was we'd, we'd originally planned to have this event in Madison back in 2020, but because of the, the pandemic, everything got turned upside down, and we weren't able to actually have the in-person event until this last uh, March again. Uh, it's our kind of our signature event. We had uh, around 200 people that showed up. We were happy with the turnout. And in total, there were probably close to 50 different breakout sessions. What we did was, uh, after the conference was over, we had a survey and asked people, you know, would you like particular sessions repeated and which ones would they be? So this 10 was uh, some of the top choices that that came out through that survey. Uh, And you're right, we do have quite a different variety of different topics, Um, you know, things that deal with technology, things that deal with stress, uh, things that deal with, you know, marketing for farmers. So, uh, yeah, that's how we came up with this particular list. And this is all open, as I mentioned, to basically anyone that wants to spare the time to focus in, correct? Yeah, all of our webinars are open to anybody in the public. Um, We invite participation, input. Uh, So, yeah, it's uh, free. There's no charge to it. Every, Every webinar lasts about an hour. There's usually a question and answer period after it. So we certainly welcome anybody that's interested. You know, we talked about uh, topics that we addressed during the pandemic, before the pandemic. Let's pivot and look look forward, Paul. So here we are facing uh, exceptionally high input costs, costs on the farm. Granted, some commodity prices are definitely up. We continue to talk about changing demographics on the farm. And, of course, those always uh, uh, unfortunate, in many cases, life incidents where uh, – your life changes, your family life changes, perhaps because of accident, perhaps because of uh, some uh, physical situation. What are you guys preparing for going forward? What are you looking at for these very webinars come 2023 and beyond? Do you ever discuss that? Yes, yeah, certainly. We, we talk about uh, plans for the future in terms of our educational outreach uh, part of the, the actual, you know, on-the-ground services just depend on the particular clients that we happen to be dealing with at the time. We try to customize, you know, our direct services to whatever is going on with the particular individuals. Um, we still obviously have a high prevalence of things like arthritis, back problems, which are going to be probably common in, 
in agriculture uh, from now until agriculture ceases to exist. But, um, you know, like I said, there are kind of new issues cropping up. We're seeing more, uh, for example, veterans coming back that might have post-traumatic stress or other issues, um, trying to come up with new resources, um, new options for them to look at in terms of agricultural careers. Um, there are a lot of situations where we, we can't be the expert for, for every particular topic. So one of the things we have to do is uh, network. And I think that may be one of the key, uh, key things that we look at going forward is, you know, what are the, the things that are uh, becoming more uh, issues for us? You mentioned, you know, some of the economic issues. That means that uh, we as agribility professionals need to, to know who to refer people to. It might be university extension. Uh, it might be uh, some of the other groups that deal with financial issues. So whatever the, the particular topic happens to be, we need to know, you know, first of all, you know, what those topics are, but also, you know, who, who can we turn to? Because, like I say, we can't be experts in, in every area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thankful that there are groups that, you know, can help with farm management and, and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why we conduct some of our professional development activities just to make people aware. For example, one of the, the topics we're going to be talking about or one of the webinars is from Farm Rescue, which is a, an interesting group that, um, you know, goes out and helps farmers plant or harvest or take care of livestock if there happens to be a particular disaster in their, their family. Um, I mean, they actually literally go out and perform the work for the family. So uh, networking with groups like that is important. Um, so we, we want our staff members to know what's available out there. Well, I consider it close to God's work, what AgroAbility does to impact lives that may in many cases have been suddenly shattered with an accident, uh, health-related issues. And now, like Paul pointed out, a lot of uh, farmer veterans that are trying to uh, get themselves back into a community sense and focused on uh, production agriculture. They've got a fantastic set of webinars coming up starting at the end of June, going through October. They are free. They are open to you. I want you to check out all the resources available at agraability.org, A-G-R-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y.org, agraability.org. Like I said, one of those webinars might be just the resources you're looking for. Again, that's Paul Jones. He's the director of the National Agraability Project. He's down at Purdue University, agraability.org.